Good to be together. I trust you're built up in worship tonight. Appreciate the people from upriver making the uh, longer than usual trip down the river. Thank the Lord for safety. You can turn to John 16. If the weather could make your spirit rise, everybody should be in the heavenlies this week. <clears throat> it helps. I don't think that's the real. I don't think that's the real cure. Thankfully, I think it has to come from a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit deeper. But it has been a blessing to have the weather. John sixteen thirty two says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come. This is Jesus closing out with the disciples, John 16, 32. That ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. They don't sound like very peaceable things that he's saying, but... That in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I've been finding a growing need within myself to uh, not be overcome by the world, but to overcome the world. And I'm going to talk tonight about the availability that each of us have to be overcomers, uh, as we heard in the psalm tonight, because of the life of Christ that's available to us, each of us can be overcomers, uh, both of the world around and of the world within. Uh, the world within is even a greater thing to overcome. But <clears throat> looking at this, it is good to know that our, our captain says here, I have overcome the world. That phrase has just been sticking with me. We're going to look in 1 John a little bit tonight. But <clears throat> I'm amazed at how, uh, how old I am, how young I am, how old I am. Things that should not overcome me still somehow have place to overcome at times. And they reveal to me a need to be sourced by a different life, to really be living in a different world. Um, we all know that we are to be in this world and not of it, but that is a great challenge to be in the world and to be not of it. It is, it is, that is well, well put and easy to say, but to not be of it takes coming to a place where you really are taking citizenship in a different country. And there is available, uh, available to all of us tonight the opportunity to live in a different world than this one. Sometimes this world seems wonderful and it's a nice place to be. It's, it's great on a beautiful day. But there is growing trouble in the world. As he says here, in the world you will have trouble. Uh, there has got to become uh, a level of growth I've found within myself to not be run by the world within or the world without. Neither of those worlds are a good place to be living in. There is a world to come that we actually have been given access to right now, as we have reviewed, that is available to all of us. And 
As I look at uh, what is happening in the world around us and in my personal world, I'm finding an ever greater need uh, to be sourced by a supernatural life. And the practicality of that is something that must be growing in all of our hearts. It's very easy to know that we need to do those things, but during the day, during the situation, during the circumstance, to be overcomers of those circumstances, not to be overcome by situations, not to be overcome by what is around us, not to be overcome by a response that we might have. All those things in the natural man will overcome any of us when we are out of the spirit. There's no way to not be overcome by those things. That's why the, the prince of the power of the air is in charge of this whole cosmos. It's good to know that it's not a great place to play around in because you're going to be under the authority of the prince of the power of the air. Only if I'm hidden in the right place, if I'm hidden with the life that's available from the one that says I've overcome the world, do I have opportunity not to be overcome? Sometimes you're just overcome by the day or you're overcome by, by work or you're overcome by a, a conversation that happened in the morning. Have you had that where it just overcomes your day? It's a comment that was made, something that you read, something that was said. And it just overcomes you. And you just are, you, you come to and you're realizing this thing, this situation, has just taken me. And I, and I realize I don't want to live in a realm where I am able to be overcome and run by other things, by forces from without and forces from within that are other than the life of Christ. I want to be run. I want to be an overcomer because I'm reaching into a different world. If there ever was a need to live, to be found as a citizen of another world, it is right now. It is. And, you know, to be a citizen of a country, you actually have to live there. I've found for myself, I come to the end of the day, I'm like, Lord, where, where today did I deviate to just, to just be run by, the, by what was going on, by the job? How did the job overtake me today? How did this, how did this conversation... How did the situation, that these are very real things, but Lord, what happened that I was, well, I was just living as a man, as a normal guy. I was just living in what is happening around me. I wasn't becoming a citizen of another country. We, we know how hard it is to get across borders right now. There's a lot you have to prove. And I remember as a kid growing up hearing about dual citizenship. It sounded like the greatest thing, you know. And I remember thinking, that's kind of interesting. Canada decided not to recognize the U.S. citizenship and vice versa. But there, is, there comes a time where you have to start making citizenship in a different country if you're going to have a different prince, a different authority, a different government ruling over you. It has to happen that way. And I will say that it is completely impossible to be unaffected by the things of this world if we are not under the government of Christ. We all know, and I am so thankful for the rehearsal of what has been given to us, what has been available to us. And we'll look at a little bit of that tonight. But uh, I'm aware mentally of the fact that I have an infinite resource. I have, I have an infinite life. I have a, it's simply just eternal life available to me. There isn't any moments during the day that should be dark enough that I cannot reach in to make benefit of the eternal life that's available to me. But there are times when it seems that it is so far off, that it seems insurmountable. You know, it seems like the world has overcome me. It, it seems like, wow, how do, I, how do I get from here to where I'm supposed to be? And I actually appreciate the practicality of what we were rehearsing on Saturday. Uh, just 
You know, how do you know that the Spirit is at work within you? Some of these things are very simple. It's good for our kids to hear. I thought it was a little quiet at the beginning of service because I know that all of us have had hundreds of times when the Spirit is evident in our lives, but our kids need to hear what it is that the Spirit does different in us to change us from being just mere men to being a spiritual person. There's no magic, there's no wand, there is just choosing to be under the government of a different kingdom. You can be under having a bad day and you run to someone else that has had more things go wrong, but you can see that it hasn't overtaken them. You know, and we, I'm so thankful. Sometimes you're the person raising up, but we are together to remind ourselves of where we are headed and what we're doing and what the eternal calling is. I'm thankful sometimes that I bounce into the boat driver or the person in the kitchen or the person at the office that you just, you come out of your office and you just, your head is just in contracting. It just, it's just in a rattlesnake cage and you bump into someone else that is just, they're not there, they're, and you're like refreshed by the fact, you know what, I don't have to stay here. I don't have to be overcome by what was just running me. There's actually open to me, this is the practicality of how God moves, there is available to me a different way of thinking, a different way of looking at this. It can still be a great problem. It can still be these are real things. There are real problems we face. It is real money that we're at risk to lose and take. But it doesn't have to run our spirit. There's a way to overcome. Turn to 1 John 4. It is packed with some fantastic promises. And I've just been in, in 1 John. Some of this has been referenced, but... John got a hold of some things that I have just been rehearsing to myself um, that are fantastic. <laughs> Simple truths that I must apply. Paul, <clears throat> lest, you, lest you be discouraged by how far you think you should have gone like me in some cases and things that overtake you while you're don't going there, you know, Paul, Paul himself, um, I think it was in Romans, he just, he just says the, the conflict of this so well. You don't need to turn here, but this is a passage we know. For I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. It's good to acknowledge that. For to will is present within me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Right. It's good to acknowledge that you don't have any way of taking yourself out of where you find yourself. Right. <laughs> Even though your mind knows this shouldn't be happening, it's not like you can just mentally take yourself out of something. That is not what I'm referring to. For the good which I would, I do not. This is Paul. Paul, by Romans 7, has come through just a few things. I would say he's a lot more mature than where I am right now. But here's the conflict that he sees in himself, just to encourage you. The good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. I found that torment. Lord, but last week, I realized clearly that I can't continue this pattern of thinking. And I asked you for help, and I said, I don't want to do that anymore. And I find myself, here I am once again. I'm going to ask you once again for help out of this hole, because that's all that I know to do. <laughs> I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's, Lord, who shall deliver me? Thankfully, he does not stop here. I thank God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the, that is the claiming victory. I thank God through Christ. 
this is how this is how it is done and this is the only way it is done is to say Lord you know you have provisioned me with an availability to an eternal life I've been born from above I have access to the kingdom right now not in the future Lord I'm asking you to teach me right now to enable me right now to reach in to the life of Christ and not to reach in to the temperature of the situation, of the circumstance, of the needs around me that could just drown me. There's, there's, you know what there is in Christ? There is a fountain that never runs dry. I mean, there isn't a day that that's not working. On the worst day, I'm going to read about a guy that had a lot of bad days, worse than all of the worst of my bad days, and he, and he came out victorious, more than just a survivor. It's incredible, but... Um, I want this to be a working citizenship, if that makes sense. I want this to work in the office. I want this to work in my discussions with my kids. I want this to work in the tense and delicate conversations we have with each other that I can say, Lord, how am I to think right now? What am I to say right now? I don't have any idea. I know exactly what I'm feeling. I know that I could run my mouth right now with some things. I know what I can see happening that I don't like. I know what is happening in the world that seems absolutely insane. How am I to be, Lord? Show me how. 1 John 4. In verse 3, we'll just read through some of this. It's just, it's packed here. Uh, He's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children. Just take in the words that, that are being spoken here. They seem, it's not, uh, I like what John Cheever said. He said, prophecy isn't a matter of making up something that isn't. It's a matter of speaking through time what is coming in the future. I love that prescription because God is not bound by time. A lot of what God speaks is because he can see ahead to what he's calling you to be, that you will be if you don't quit, that you will be if you just simply believe in faith. And he's speaking to that that is in the future. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. He's speaking to people that I would say probably said, there's so many things we haven't overcome in. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I love that. Sometimes I I just tell myself that. (laughs) I literally, sitting there at my desk, I just say, you know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I said it to myself because it really looks like he that is in the world is pretty much taking over, is overcoming, unstoppable. I mean, if you read the news, it doesn't look like he that is in the world is diminishing. It looks like it is, you know, everybody's rights to everything insane, they are just taking off. I mean, things that you wouldn't have imagined are reality, you know. <clears throat> they are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. It's good to take a temperature test of what is running you. I know that when I find that the things of the world are running me, I'm living in the wrong place. We are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. And then jump down to 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is one of the metrics we talked about on Saturday. Some of these simple metrics are good to know that Love isn't sourced from me. There's a love. If I've been given love, if I have love, it's because it's been given to me. Hereby, we know that we dwell in him. This should be encouraging to you. And he in us, because he hath given us 
of his spirit. I love that line. It's just packed in the middle of some powerful things. Uh, boy, I am so thankful that the Lord chose to give me of his spirit. If he hadn't given me of his spirit, I would be in a heap of unfixable troubles. <laughs> he hath given us of his spirit. It's good to know, it's good to be, to rehearse that we all have been given of his spirit. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the, the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And then verse uh, 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? I think what the Lord is going to great extents to prove to me, to us, is that there really is no chance to overcome by any other means, by any other knowledge, by any other, even just good experiences, other than reaching in to say, Lord, I want to be living in a life that is sourced from you. I want to be reaching in. I want to take access right now to the life that is Christ because you said I was born from above. Yeah. This is, it seems at certain times like it is beyond belief that this is, this is where you actually have a right to be living. But you have a right to be living in a different world. You do not have to, I do not have to be governed. I do not have to be overcome by the world. I don't have to be overcome by the business that I'm in. I don't have to be overcome by the situation that I'm in. We can be overcomers. That's what we're called to be. That's what I want to find myself doing. I've been thinking about Daniel and Joseph because uh, I thought the kids did a fantastic job just portraying, uh, you know, the continual coming back to the Lord that Daniel did. Lord, <laughs> here I am. Here I go. You, if you put yourself in Daniel's shoes on Thursday, the lion's den, it might have been on Saturday, I don't know. He didn't have the book of Daniel to read yet. So here he goes, the lion's den is coming. I don't think that he was just like, yeah, we know the book ends good, we're good to go. I think there was a desperate and sober calling upon God. But you find a guy that was taken totally out of his culture. Both Daniel and Joseph were just snatched right out of their homes. Totally put somewhere, not even the same language, not the same culture. Of, the, of all the people in the Bible to have an excuse to be overcome by the culture around them, these guys had every right to be <clears throat> affected, to be overcome, and to grow up like just a normal Babylonian or Egyptian or whatever it was. And you find them flourishing in captivity. Now, I personally haven't even ever been arrested before. I've had a speeding ticket. You know, I've had some things happen. I've never gone within 10 feet of the jail cell to even consider. I've never even thought of being extradited out of the United States. I mean, you know, it just, these are guys that, that, are, that went through a situation that is put here in this book so that we have a testimony of people that actually reached into a different life. Jesus hadn't even come on the cross but they had access to the eternal life because he was the word. The word was in the beginning. He was around. Thank the Lord for that. They were sourcing a life personally when nobody around them was of any help. I need help from 200 people around me that are working to walk in the spirit. And I'm very thankful for that. The Lord knew that I needed this and not the Babylon, right? Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I need sometimes even more help, right? But 
Daniel, you find Daniel coming to a confession and a calling upon God, just turning, always turning to the Lord, acknowledging an incredible need, but not being overcome. All, again, of all the people that had a right to be totally overcome by the situation that seemed totally unfair, these guys, I would have given them a long tether to say a lot of things. There's no testimony of any complaint. I'm sure they had some, but there's no testimony of anything but turning to the Lord for help for both of these guys. And you look at Joseph, there is a statement that is said four times that I love, that I want to read about Joseph. Because again, Joseph, you know, crazy, crazy story. Snatched out, not by his enemies, by his own brothers. I mean, again, take your story and stack it against these guys. They're just, if you want to weigh on the scale of opportunity for bitterness or for being overcome by the situation, by there's so many physical and emotional and, and spiritual needs that we face. These people are here as a testimony of what is available to us to overcome in. But right after what should have been kind of the bottom of the bottom for Joseph, says he's, he's, his brothers sell him. I mean, this, I, you know, these guys actually stood there and sold him like a, you know, a slave. It's just incredible. And it says very little about what's going on in his mind. I'm sure a lot was going on. You don't need to turn to here, but in Genesis 39, I want to look at just a couple of, of the this, this statement that is said four times that is, makes all the difference for us about where we are living. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites and brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. It just throws that in here in the middle of... Just, you've been taken by the Ishmaelites. You don't know whether your head's coming off, your scalp's coming off, what you're, what you're headed to do. But there's a, the testimony here is, and the Lord was with Joseph. Fantastic. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. I love that. Who is, who is this guy? And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. Because he was just in a perfect place, in a great country, with people speaking his own language, everything was going great for Joseph. Nothing, absolutely nothing was going right for Joseph, but the Lord was with him. And then everything is just terrific from there, right? If you jump down to, to 20, you know, he gets betrayed. And Joseph's master took him. It's like, just, for just, just when things got turned around just a little bit, wham, down comes the gate for the next rally of the bottomless pit, and put him into prison, a place, it just goes a little further, where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. In case you didn't know, he's in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, I love this, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. It's like, we're going, we're going down, we're going down in, in the operation of the world. Things are getting very much worse. Things are not getting better. We go from your brothers hating you to being sold to the Ishmaelites to going to Egypt. Things just get fixed up. Your master's wife betrays you. Then you're sold to the Pharaoh. Then you're in the dungeon. You know, you're just going down. But something in his heart must have been taking the situation and saying, God, what are you doing? I, I don't think that he knew. I think he said, God, this is insane. But Lord... Help me here to not lose sight of who I'm called to be. In the dungeon, here with the Egyptian, something in his world was not being overcome by everything around him. 
Again, a man who had a right to be overcome. We're now in the bottom of the pit of society with actually being bound, not like just an image, but just actually a prisoner. Just being a prisoner in your mind is a lot to overcome. In this case, he was actually a prisoner. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. I love this. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Guess what another guy in a totally different country, speaking a different language, recognized? Because the Lord was with him. What I want to say is, it doesn't matter how bad, it doesn't matter how wrong, it doesn't matter how crazy, it doesn't matter how long, or impossible, or uh, hopeless. What matters is the Lord with you. That's what matters. And what is evidenced here is that you don't judge whether the Lord is with you by how well it is going. I like things to be going well. On a good day when things are going well, I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord, for help. It's good to acknowledge good days. That is not the metric that the Lord uses for things going well. What, what is the metric with God is whether my heart is turned to Him to acknowledge that I'm actually called to be a citizen of another country right here today with whatever's happening, right. with whatever's happening on the river, with whatever's happening with the needs around us that are overwhelming, right. with whatever is unfair that's happening in the world. Actually, I'm a citizen of another country. I don't need to be overcome. I don't need to carry with me a mindset or an attitude or a heaviness or anything. I don't have to do that. I can, I can, but I don't have to. You have a right to be a citizen of a different country. You have a right to be living in a different realm in your spirit, to be like Daniel, like Joseph, finding that, guess what? Lord, you're with me. Thank you, Lord, you're with me. Everything else, it can go very badly, but Lord, you're with me. It matters, it matters most that the Lord is with you. I want to take a little look at Louis Zamperini before we read a few more scriptures. Um, I've, I, I know pretty much everybody knows about him, but I just read something um, a couple days ago that just put uh, a different light on this. But <clears throat> I think most of you know that he was you know, an Olympian runner and um, he was in a plane that was flying over to rescue a plane that had gone down, his plane went down, and he miraculously survived, crashed into the ocean, stayed in a life raft, eating fish and drinking rainwater for like 47 days. Um, incredible. Um, and then he was rescued by the Japanese, not exactly the lifeboat that he was looking for. <laughs> yeah, far side. Anybody else up there? <laughs> hey, we'll take the next boat. I don't think there was many options. <laughs> We've only waited 47 days. You don't look like you speak my language. Um, anyway, uh, the whole of these, of, of these stories is incredible. I mean, I read the other night that 52% that of the Air Force men that died was because of bad training and plane failures. It was just it was incredible to me. It's like a little inglorious. But um, <clears throat> anyway, he's captured by the Japanese, and then he's summarily taken to a prison camp, and they find out who he is, and, and this one... Uh, Japanese guard, who, who's called the bird, I think most of you know his nickname, but anyway, um, makes it his mission over the next two years to break him. And they did a movie called Unbroken. Um, but this guy, um, he was made of different stuff than you and me. I mean, there's some amazing guys in here, but 
to take the physical beatings that he had, just incredible, for two years to just physically survive and mentally survive. He just, um, and this was before he knew God. This, I think most of you know that. But two years of literally the, the, one of the worst guards that they have on record during this time just making it his aim to, he, you know, he broke his nose so many times, he, he just literally did everything but fully kill him. Anyway, he, uh, you know, they, they did some amazing things to him. They, uh, they found out that he, you know, who he was and, and his ranking and things, and they, about, about a year into this, they took him out of prison, they brought him to a hotel, really nice hotel, you know, changed his clothes and gave him a, gave him a meal. This is totally from a concentration camp into the middle of one of the cities. And they said, we want, to, want you to get on radio and uh, just tell everybody you're, you're being treated okay. So he got on the radio and he started, you know, telling people that he was okay, didn't read everything. And they said, you know what, you're going to do this again, but you actually have to say everything we've written on here or you're going to go back to the camp. This is one of the darkest, he said, tortures they could do. You know, you can imagine you're being told you can stay in this nice room and have nice food like a normal human, or, and you just got to say these things on the radio, uh, you know, for TV, or you can go back to being beaten by the bird, you know, every day. Anyway, he walked out, um, which, of course, he had a lot of support from his men, but when he got back, the, the bird and the crew hated him even more because they had failed with one of their dark, darkest tactics to just break his spirit. Anyway... He did survive, I mean, physically, just about broken to death. He did survive, and he came back, but um, he had some extremely dark times. When he came, he started having nightmares, maybe like 12 months into this, every night, of being beaten by the bird. When he was in prison, he'd wake up actually having that happen, but he came back and got physically repaired, but he, started, he had nightmares almost every night of this happening, as you can imagine if this happened for two years. And he found a lady that, that really loved him, that he married, Long story short, he, the nightmares kept going on, and he would wake up, and he would have a dream that he was trying to get this guy, and he woke up a couple of times, actually had a hold of his wife, because he just, he just, his dreams were just overtaking him. He couldn't, he couldn't control the trauma of what had taken place. Anyway, his wife said, this is not working. Um, we're going to get a divorce. Um, that week, her neighbor came and told her about a Billy Graham um, uh, crusade that was going on, and, and he said, no way. He didn't say those words, but he said, no way. And she went to the concert, and the Lord changed her life, and she came back, and she said, I feel that I'm to stick with you. So, this is, so she was converted first. Anyway, she worked him over about going to get help. And finally, he got to be, he, you know, he was self-medicating just to try to stop the war in the mind to the point of realizing that he was willing just to do about anything. So he went to the first service halfway through ran out of the tent and said, that's not for me. Anyway, uh, he did go back. Um, and I wanted to read, uh, <clears throat> this is just, this is, this is obviously, uh, I just, there's a good, there's a, this is an extreme example of, of how the Lord changes a man um, in the twinkling of an eye. Um, After storming out of the tent the first night, Zamparini amazingly returned for one more evening. Uh, that time, the Bible verses of Billy Graham that he quoted went straight to Zemperini's heart. This is a quote, of all of my near-death experiences, my life never passed before my eyes. But when Billy Graham quoted that scripture, my life did pass before my eyes. Just amazing what took place. The, my point is that the Spirit of God is after this man. <laughs> uh, 
For the first, oh, I forgot to mention that while he was in the raft, he told the Lord every day, if you save my life, I will serve you. When he got to the camp and his, you know, two years of torture, he pretty much determined God forgot about him. And then for the first time, Zemperini remembered the promise he had made God when he was floating in the South Pacific. My life passed before my eyes, and I saw an ugly life. Yes, I had a lot of great times, a lot of great experiences, and a lot of escapes from death, but I still didn't like my life after the war. It was terrible. That night, Zamperini went forward and made, and made the biggest miracle, and the biggest miracle of his life was set in motion. Um, I want to, this is incredible because uh, he says a few things here. Mm, that night when I got home from the crusade, it was unbelievable. I didn't have a nightmare, and I haven't had one since. Just a simple change. Incredible. This is, I've never met Billy Graham, but we're not talking about Billy Graham. We're talking about what the Spirit of the Lord can do to you and me when you yield yourself to it. Uh, prior to this, I was always drinking and self-medicated. The real problem was my hatred for the bird and the former prison guards. You could just see how hatred would eat you up. It's like you can totally identify. You're talking about a guy that tried to kill you, and it would have been, he said, if I would have died, you know, the first week or the first year, it would have been easier, but the long mental and physical torture of what just took place. Um, uh, originally vowing to never return. Okay, so, yeah. It says his faith, through this faith, I was taught to forgive my enemies. This is incredible. So I decided to make an effort to forgive the bird. Originally vowing never to return to Japan, I did visit Tokyo in 1950 in a prison and forgave my prison guards who were serving sentences for war crimes. War crimes. I wanted to forgive Watanabe, who was the bird, in person, but he, but he refused my request. So instead, Louis wrote him a letter describing how his fierce treatment affected him and offered his forgiveness. This is what he wrote him, love replaced the hate that I had for you. You know, there is, again, the, the point here is there isn't, there isn't a location, there isn't a situation, there isn't a circumstance that, that can overcome what we have access to, right? There isn't a physical, outer, or mental, uh, emotional war that unless you allow it, unless you, unless you don't take access, it will actually, unless you don't take access, is able to overcome what the life of Christ can do in each of us. There's, there's no limit. This is like the darkest thing that you can imagine. And the Lord changes a man just like that. For me, I find that, as I said, I might be coming down the boat. I might be, I was down in Anchorage and we had, had uh, we were at the uh, water convention having a, it was a long day. We had to rally a bunch of guys to load up. I was just exhausted the end of the day and you guys were here. It was Wednesday having service. <laughs> I, I told Rebecca and said this, but I, I sat down to eat and I had my Bluetooth on and I wasn't visiting with anybody. So I pull up the service and it was just like sitting there in this little restaurant listening to worship. You know, it was just like lifted to a different realm. It was just, you know, just a little example of what can happen. I was thankful that, that I had access to, to the service. There I was in Anchorage at a table in Captain Coke Hotel, but I was actually able to go into a different realm for a little bit and be built up. This is what it means. And kids and young people, I will tell you that if you don't stop to sow to the different world, you're not going to know what life is available. There has to be a sowing to. There has to be a living in the country that you want to be a citizen of. There has to be a starting. 
The work of the enemy is to make you never get to the place where you just want to start. Right. I, I remember trying to commit to take some time in prayer. and like I didn't want to be a pretender, but I remember waiting a long time just to commit to say, I'm going to take this time each day to pray, and I'm going to commit to it. It took me a long time to do that because I, I wanted to stick with it. But like just starting whatever it is that you're going to do, I would challenge you to change something that you do in your life that's a habit. Take something different and sow to a different realm. Just give it a try, and I can tell you that the Lord will not disappoint. The Lord doesn't just come down and magically do strange things all the time, but you actually find that you grow in faith, you grow in hope, you grow in realizing who you're called to be when you sow to those different things. Here's a great line that he says that I want to read you that, that hit me. This is what he said that when he finally came to the end of himself. This is Zemperini again. I knew that I was through getting drunk. Talk about just coming to the end of, this had been like, I don't want to say like 15 years or something that had been just, it almost just as bad, he said, for him as when he was in prison. Just trying to wash away what had happened. Any other method that he tried, just washing it away. I knew that I was through smoking. And I knew I'd forgiven all of my guards, including the bird. This is what happened that night, one night. It's incredible. And this is the line. It never dawned on me again that I hated that guy. And I thought, wow. wow. <laughs> it never dawned on me again that I hated that guy. There's no way that's possible. If you didn't believe in the Lord, you'd say, right. You know, uh, but this is what changed. This is what helped. This is what new life. This is what different world is available to you and me. When we stop to reach in, to yield. All he was having to do is yield to the work of the Spirit. I don't care what tent it was in. I'm, the Lord is at work all over. I'm thankful that the Lord used Billy Graham to, to move on this guy. I'm thankful for this line. It's like, never dawned on me again that I hated that guy. There's no possible way for that to happen besides a supernatural change in a person. You know what I mean? Like just clinically, they'd say, no, you know, we're going to work this out over 15 years or something like this. But the Lord touched his heart, gave him a new heart, and he never had the thought again. That's incredible. To the point of actually going to seek him out, to the point of writing him. I mean, this is, again, the things that overtake you, they're not as grand. None of us have been tortured. None of us have had these things happen to us. But... There are situations of deep hurt and deep pain and deep, Lord, why have you left me here for so long that aren't directly answerable? What is God doing? God is doing a work that only he, only he knows what he's doing. And I know, I know that he's bringing all of us to a place where we want to just turn our hearts and say, Lord, I want to have a view that is different than what I have right now. I want to have access to a world that is living, that has a overcoming, coming forth from it, as opposed to me being overcome by the situation that has taken place. Never thought to him again. In Revelations, it says, to him that overcometh, he's preaching to the churches, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of hidden manna, and give him a white stone, a new nature, which I have come to value greatly. And a new name written on it, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. To him that overcometh, these are all different chapters, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. I love these things. There, there are so many promises. Fabian was talking about the promises, and we were talking about on Sunday, to the overcomers. We are all to be a company of overcomers. Maybe you haven't 
learned about the Lord as much as you'd like to. Maybe you see yourself as being way behind whatever, but we have to start living in and acting like and, and identifying with the fact that we are called to be overcomers. We are not to be overcome. If you don't identify with these things, I can assure you that the day, that the situation, it doesn't actually take very much when you're living in the wrong world, you'll be overcome by what's around you. You'll be overcome by the atmosphere. Turn to Philippians 3 and we'll close here. <clears throat> there, is, there is so much help, but to believe, to start, it's almost like you're taking, we have to take hold of something that seems too big for us at the moment. But we have to, we have to start. The enemy doesn't ever want you to start. I remember, this is really funny, we, the year that Justin was born, I don't know how old he was, but we, you know, having dinner at home was a really new thing. And so we'd have kind of a bunch of people in our age group into our room. I remember us eating with 12 people in our room. Um, and it was fantastic. We had like a little coffee table. Things were propped everywhere, but we didn't consider the fact that we were just in our room without a table to sit at. But anyway, I was sitting at the coffee table. We were having steak, which then you had to save up a lot of family funds to buy steak. And, um, and I really enjoy steak. But anyway, Justin was, he was walking, not very well though. Um, and uh, I was sitting, I can tell you where I was sitting. I turned over here, I was talking to, I think it was Ben. And, uh, and my plate, I felt my plate move, and I look over, and Justin had come over, like, toddling over, and he got a hold of my steak, and he was <laughs> headed to the bathroom, like, barely able to hold the steak, oh but he God. had my steak in his hand, he just come up and just, he loved eating meat, but he, he, I have this picture of him just taking to the bathroom with my steak in his hand, barely able to walk, and we laughed because, he was, you know, it's, like, totally, you know, past what he was able to do, but he, he knew he liked steak, and so he snatched while I wasn't looking. Um, the point being that, that uh, there are times when the thing that you want to lay hold of is past where you are right now. Way past. It feels way past. But you have to start. The enemy has every reason, especially at the time when you need it the most. There's every reason not to just stop and change what you're doing. It's, you know how it goes when you're like, I should think differently about this. But I've been thinking this way for so long. All right? you know, my, my view of this person, my view of the situation is been going on for so long. It feels impossible. It feels impassable to change. Sometimes I just, it's just, Lord, okay, I believe that this is possible. I'm going to start with that. It doesn't seem like it, but I want to, sometimes it's good to say it. Sometimes you speak in your head, but you must start. <laughs> when you start, what I want to tell you is all the help of God comes turning your way when you start. If you don't start, it's, it's going to be tough. But you've got you to gotta grab the stake and start walking at some point and say, Lord, I don't want to be stuck in this rut, living under this, being overcome by this. I want to be, I want to be new. I want to, I want to subdue these things. In Philippians 3, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is said after Paul has had a lot of opportunity to turn around and do something different. Like the end of Paul's life, if you look at where he ended up in prison, it doesn't look like where things should have ended for the greatest apostle of all times. Like, even for Jesus, it doesn't look like, you know, like the whole world wasn't on stage watching the moment of the cross. No one was even aware of what was going on, the most important thing. Uh, jump down to verse 18. For many walk, of whom I have often told you, and now tell you weeping that they are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, 
who mind earthly things. That is not a company to be found in. But it is the company that all of us, by nature, are in. We are in the company of minding earthly things. I've, I've almost become exacerbated with myself of finding that I mind earthly things, of just being run by earthly things. I don't want to do it anymore. It's no fun. It doesn't bring fruit. It doesn't bring a good day. Lord, help me enter into a different place. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and here it is, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according what? To the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Subduing nations and all those things, I, I know that can happen. Subduing the things of my heart, that's a great work. But guess what? He is able to subdue all things unto himself. Amen? That was a good time for somebody to say amen, because we know it's going to happen. I was thinking and thanking Lewis for his word the other day, primarily because he, uh, he, he picked guys who, who, who the Lord showed us the problems. All three of them had problems. And I, I think it was important for you to say that probably there were some areas where Daniel and uh, uh, Joseph had some problems. I want to read something to you that will be short. Uh, please, for some of you, you don't have to listen because I know you're getting it. And this is, uh, I, I'm getting to the place where uh, it's exacerbating to have to hear people still try, striving to come to God. Where they, because I just want to say this to you. You were born from above and you're going to end up uh, with a glorified body and uh, standing before your God, all of you. You cannot get away from the Christ that you've been born into. Now, I want you to sit on that sometime by yourself. You, you can go, you can go to hell in a, in a variety of ways with drugs, with every aspect of lust. You will never get away from the fact that you're God's property. Now, until you see that, and, 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 and I'll, I'll read this scripture again, and we have it. You are new. Listen to it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is you're brand new. Now, <laughs> depending on the level, because, and you're also, you've heard me say this, I'm going to go through a long part. But you are being, you're going through a gauntlet. You're going through uh, head-on collisions with every aspect of the immature part that, that has to get out of Christ. And, and most people are afraid that if they really go all the way, they're going to miss some great thing on the earth. Okay. Now, uh, that's what keeps you an infant. Anything double-minded, you're not, you're not going to get help in. If you're double-minded, you should do something else. 
And if you want to be the way you are, you should, you know, try to run from God. See how far you get. Okay? I, I, I'm trying to say it a different way, but I want, I want to read this. Okay. You're a new creature. All things have passed away. All things are new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now, this line that you heard regarding minding uh, earthly things. Don't try to stop minding earthly things. Don't say, all right, now, I'm giving up on earthly things. You can't. You have to ask God just for the intensity to be faithful in the morning. You have to ask God, if you're going to be an intensive man or woman of prayer, you have to ask him. But you have Christ as this is your life now. You are not Irving or Stella or Philip or Oscar. Or excuse me, there might be an Oscar in here. No, that's right, you were Oscar. So, I'm glad you changed. <laughs> uh, did, did we all welcome uh, Anthony tonight? All right. Did everybody welcome? Uh, I, last time I remember you were sitting over there quoting several uh, paragraphs of scripture by heart and you're a skinny little guy that I thought if you fell down and stabbed yourself you might die. And now you're gone. It's good to have you back. Here it is. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now, now please hear this because it's repetition. Some of you do not believe it yet. Because if you, if you had believed it, there would be a, a, a response of significance on, on the, the clarity of what you've just heard. I didn't tell you that Sister Betty and I met in Zamparini. We swam, maybe I told you a long time ago. We, we, uh, we, we swam and her auntie's pool with him and his blonde wife with it. Yeah. Uh, he went on to do something for young men, uh, primarily, uh, what was it when you go down a mountain? Uh, repelling. He took them on high mountains and these drug addicts did that. Mm -hmm. I saw those eyes that the sharks might have been afraid of that he talks a little about them. Uh, he also climbed the Reichstag in 1936 and stole a, a Nazi flag. And, uh, and this German guard came over and he said, oh, you know, don't know. And he said, uh, and I think there was somebody with him that spoke German. And he said, I just this wonderful memento I'm taking. <laughs> here it is. Here's what you must know. If you don't walk and believe this, you cannot grow. Because you'll always think that it has to be you. Okay? And this is why the, and the you that you were can't do it. Because you can't be that you anymore. No matter how hard you try. What you can be is an immature Christ. Okay? And, and what you're learning, you're learning from Adam, but you're still in Christ. Now hear this. 
verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ. Now, what does that mean for you? It means you are too. That you can have the power of God wherever you walk. You can have it. There are times when, I mean, you cannot take correction. You cannot take abuse. When Jesus stood before Pilate, because the Father, the Spirit of the Father was in him, Pilate came to him and he said, he started speaking, and Pilate didn't respond. And, uh, and, and Pilate said to him, do you know that I have the power to put you to death? And, and, and the Lord looked up and he said, you do not have any power unless it's given to you from above. Now please, for your sake, please get on your face and say, God, let me understand that I am a new creature. I am Christ growing toward the future of all things that I'm an inheritor of. And if you want to trade the trash on this earth, and, and, and please, some of you will, you'll fall, you'll be double-minded, you'll go up, but you'll never get away from the ownership that God has for you. Uh, the bad part is that you'll be miserable most of the time if you run. Do you agree with that? Excuse me. Do you agree with that? Yes. Have, you, have you experienced that? Yes. Yeah, we hate ourselves. And I wrote this down because this was a good word for us tonight. Those who are yoked to God, that's, that's it. You are yoked to God because Jesus said for you to do it. You're not yoked to your information. You're yoked to God. God help us. Bow your heads. And uh, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you, you nurture us as children, as individuals, as juveniles, some who are, are coming to fatherhood and godliness, but we are new. And, and we can overcome anything, anything that you put before us uh, because we have your spirit within us. Amen.